Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building... I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room. A lot of crazy scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, the assist numbers spoke for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Eastern Insider Podcast back at you on this Monday, the week after Thanksgiving. We've been stuffed full of turkey. The leftovers have finally all gone away, but it's time for a fresh helping of Alex Jewell and myself this week on another jam-packed show. It's a great show. We've got a lot of awesome things coming your way today. You get to sit down with Coach Creighton to talk about their upcoming game with Western Michigan, and I know that uh, Coach Creighton's eager to get back out there on the field for another rivalry game this week and hopefully to finally get that first win. The five turnovers were a very bad taste in his mouth, and you can hear from Coach Creighton when he talks about it. He wants to get back out there. If you think of it, though, a lot of them were just kind of unforced variety. Ball bounces wrong. The football gods sometimes just aren't in your corner. And that was seemingly the case for Eastern as Central rolls back. But yeah, you mentioned a chance to get back for uh, a rivalry game this weekend in Kalamazoo. It'll be a fun one. 89-1 WEMU will have coverage beginning at 150 with Matt Shepard and Rob Rubick. We hope you tune in for that this upcoming weekend. But boy, oh boy, much more important things before then, Alex. Tomorrow, National Giving True Day, and we want you to be part of the Eastern Michigan family. Donate back to EMU Athletics or the programs that you best support tomorrow as part of the National Giving Tuesday campaign that will go on around nationwide. I know your check will be coming in the mail tomorrow to the Jim Streeter Media Center Fund, right? Well, I think if you support any one of our programs here at Eastern Michigan, whether that's the Jim Streeter Fund, of course, uh, the Eagles Will Fly campaign is allowing people to donate to specific sports this year or the General Athletic Fund. We've got a lot of listeners that also help out with the EM13 Fund. Uh, Ed Mazinski over in equipment, of course, coming from there. Can't thank them enough for their contributions uh, as well. But another great opportunity to give back to Eastern Michigan. And listen, I know, you know, we know that 2020 has taken 
taking an effect on everybody's ability to give their income. Uh, and so we totally understand if you can't support financially, that's okay. We appreciate you still just logging on, getting with us on social media. Some words of encouragement is fantastic. We've asked for a lot this uh, this season too, because these programs have all taken a big hit this year with the budget. And to be able to give the opportunities to the student athletes that they deserve uh, is important to the athletic department. And being able to do that is only possible through your contributions. Scott Weatherby talks about it all the time. It's one of Coach Chris Creighton's claims about his program that a student athlete should have some of the best experiences of their life when they come to Eastern Michigan. And I might be a little biased, and, and you may be too, Greg, but I know that for a lot of our student athletes that walk through the door, that is absolutely the case, that they get that experience here at Eastern Michigan. So it's really an opportunity to help them continue to have those experiences. Alex Jewell bleeds green and white, as do I. We both, uh, of course, earn degrees from here and have done everything in our power to make this place better, especially each and every week on this show that we thankfully continue to tune in and support that we do. This week, some hoops back on the court for you after we saw basketball get going over the weekend. Women's basketball picked Picks up a, a win when they start off the year at SIU. Drops a heartbreaker to UIC. They'll be back this week traveling to Muncie, Indiana on Wednesday night. That's a game that's been moved up. They will take on the Ball State Cardinals 6 p.m. Uh, from Worthen Arena. And then they're back out on the road this upcoming weekend on Sunday as well when they're at Southeast Missouri State. Nothing like a trip to Cape Girardeau to get the juices flowing. Meanwhile, men's basketball, they were shorthanded but had a terrific showing up in East Lansing. Uh, they will take on a Mid-American Conference game. That's coming up Friday night against the University of Toledo. Rob Murphy, Todd Kowalczyk. Talk about a rivalry right there. These two programs have had some knockout, drag-out fights over the years. Oh, one of these days we're not going to play basketball. We're just going to get those two at half court and just let them brawl. Just kidding. Of course, we don't uh, condone that type of activity. But you said it. Toledo, Eastern Michigan... Their basketball rivalry has been really, really good the last couple of years. Always some uh, counter punches in that series. Uh, great competitive game. So we know you're not able to join us here, but make sure you tune in on ESPN uh, Family of Networks as well as 89.1 WEMU. That's uh, the local station. Tom Helmer, Ryan Woolley, Matt Derry, Greg Steiner. They'll all be part of the action on Friday night. I'll be back in the stats role, which is good too, but really good, exciting basketball coming your way. And then on the women's side, you talked about it. A lot of people might have tuned in yesterday to see. Uh, they may not have seen an Eastern win, but they did see Sonera Skeins. She's a first-year player from Florida International, and oh my goodness, a double-double, 30 points, 11 rebounds. I can't explain how incredible that performance is. Maybe the best way to say it is she made Ariana Combs, who looks like could be a potential MAC player of the year, just look like she had an all-right game. And and she still put up 13 points yesterday in her performance. Not a bad performance. She was a force down low. The only problem was just the outside shooting because the Eagles in the paint game, it was spot on. 52 points in the paint. That's unbelievable numbers. Got to do a little bit better from beyond the arc, but that's beside the point. And you mentioned again, men's basketball. Well, head coach Rob Murphy is joining us today on the show, Greg. And he's got a lot of great things to talk about, including the impressive performance at Michigan State. Looking forward to this MAC play this early on in the season. Being down players, but a story that I really 
really think our listeners are going to like is you may have seen him and Tom Izzo get honored on Sports Center this past week. They both draped a towel over their shoulder to honor John Thompson Jr., of course, the former coach of Georgetown, led the Hoyas to a national championship in 1984, first African American to lead a men's uh, basketball program to a major college championship. And Coach Murphy talks about what his experience with John Thompson Jr. is. That was certainly a, a touching. Uh, moment. And then we also have uh, Gretchen Buskirk, who's our associate AD for sports medicine. She's on the show talking to Tom Helmer about her kind of trials and triumphs through all this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So certainly a great opportunity to catch up on all those things. Lots in store. Alex and I, a extra helping right after this quick timeout. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app. Available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. on the road this week for the final time in the regular season on a regular season the condensed version due to COVID they will be at Western Michigan this week on the second leg of the Michigan Mac Trophy Chase uh, joined by head coach Chris Creighton before we look at the Broncos ahead uh, we have to take a look back at Central Michigan the week that was uh, looking back at it a five turnover day uh, it just at times the football gods just don't bounce your way uh, how difficult is it for you when you look back at a game like that and, and see opportunities that you may have had very very difficult yeah feels though uh on the whole we played pretty good football but when you turn it over five times you have essentially zero chance of, of winning a game and um, so thank everybody in the program sick about it. When you, you see uh, some bright spots in that game, your defense for a stretch turns uh, Central Michigan away on six consecutive drives, including getting a, a one, a, a touchback on, on a fumble in the end zone, and the other time a goal line stand. When you look at those things, what, what bright spots do you, do you gleam from how your defense performed for a good chunk of change taking out that fourth quarter? Well, they, they gave us a chance to, to win the game. I mean, they took the ball away three times, and uh, we bet some in the run game, but fewer missed tackles and, you know, really kept them out of the end zone. Even when we kept giving them the ball on the last three series of the game, um, held, them to, held them to a field goal again. And you mentioned the goal line stand and, and uh, taking the ball away there as they were going in. Areas to improve on for sure. But, um, you know, for, for the vast majority of the game, you know, all three phases were, you know, played winning football. You look at your linebacker and senior Terry Myrick right now, first in the MAC and fourth national in tackles per game, averaging just shy of 13 tackles a contest. He's been a tackling machine as of late. What is, what's been the biggest factor for Terry this year? Granted, we know he was great last year, but has taken his game up this year. You know, um, Coach Nethery has a system and and uh, guys develop within that system. He teaches them football uh, and how to apply our defense to what's going on. And Terry has studied his butt off. Um, he's worked really really hard um you know on his own studying film and and then just really knowing um our system and then you know having tried to block him for however many you know weeks or months before we start the season and all that he's just he's really difficult to block he's he's really good at at defeating blocks he he, he does it he can do it with his hands um, but he also does it with his feet. And uh, and so, you know, I'm not surprised at all that he's racking up so many tackles. Offensively, uh, 
Preston Hutchinson has to do a lot in that game. Runs the ball 15 times, throws the ball 37 times. When you, you see his quarterback performance, how have, has he continued to progress in terms of 365 yards through the air this week? Uh, again, setting setting records once more. Yeah, so Preston, um, you know, sort of uh, is a microcosm you know, of the team and that played winning football for much of the evening um, and then, you know, made some costly mistakes. Um, but he's just becoming, you know, more and more comfortable uh, with what we're trying to do. He's seeing it. And, uh, you know, it was nice to have Dylan Drone back. He hadn't played a single snap uh, the entire year. And and uh, so he had his full complement of receivers out there as well. Yeah, Williams, we haven't seen him catch as many balls as maybe a year before, but he was very dangerous in the return game, had a, had a huge return that set up uh, your offense all night long. The, the kick return game and really special teams as a whole. Jay Nunez has done a great job with special teams over the years, not only with returns, but, but punting as well with Jake Julian. And Chad Ryland has another good game offensively with his three field goals. Special teams wise, again, what have you seen out of that group? Yeah, it was, it was really good. We punted twice, uh, two fantastic punts, you know, both, I think maybe the 11 or 12 yard line. Mm-hmm. In the four or five. Um, our kickoff return game was like you said, uh, we had one critical error on, on their squib, um, didn't field it uh, cleanly. But other than that, you know, uh, our kickoff return game through the years has not been strong. Um, this year, we're, we're, we're seeing flashes of what we can be, and, and we were pretty good the other night. And then, uh, you know, our terms of punt return, punt block team, we had one get away from us that rolled for a bunch, and then he netted over 50 on that. Um, we would like to uh, uh, stop the roll on that. And then our kickoff team, you know, we kicked one out of bounds. Um, but we were, you know, really clued in on not letting um, 88 in the punt return game get loose. And, and he didn't. And then, uh, you know, tried to stifle him there on, on kickoff. And they, they schemed us on one. But, you know, overall, pretty good job by our guys. They'll have their hands full this week. Dwayne Eskeridge, uh, the reigning MAC Special Teams Player of the Week for Western Michigan, has a 100-yard kickoff return in the win against NFL. IU last week that propels them to the three-point victory. Second in the MAC in return yards, he leads the MAC with 255 all-purpose yards per game, which is also the national leader in that category. When you start game planning for this week, is he the the number one guy on your board that that, that worries you, or is there, or is it a team overall commitment to they're really good at special teams as well? Yeah, no, they're 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 really good. I mean, when you talk about him, um, you know, in the special team game, yeah, we've got to uh, do a great job collectively limiting his touches and, and then trying to surround him, you know, so he doesn't get loose because he's phenomenal. Um, and then, you know, as a as a receiver, I mean, they give the ball to him on reverses and throw the ball to him and he's he's electric. I mean, he's he is really, really, really good. And uh, so he has our undivided attention. Similar to last week against Central, Pimpleton had, had been doing a lot of things for their offenses. Do you see any similarities between the two? Well, I mean, similarities in terms of that, you know, both of those guys are their guys and, and they have others. Um, but uh, yeah, the um, Pimpleton, we needed to, to make sure that he didn't get loose on explosive plays and, um, and we did a pretty good job containing him. Um, so they're not the same. You know, we think that number one is is uh, is is tougher to handle. 
knowing that you've seen a little bit more uh, of Western on tape, they were had a tight game with with NIU, had a similar type game where they they pulled off a miraculous comeback against Toledo to win. When you you go into this week and, and a chance to to still win a rivalry game, but also help uh, play a little spoiler as they're chasing a, a West Division championship. What are, what's kind of the message and goals this week to the team? Well, we're yeah, I mean we're we're not concerned or thinking about that piece of it. It's definitely a rivalry. You know, we we beat them last year and um, in a really fun you know night game, and we just I mean we feel sick about how things ended up, you know, last week and um, know that we've got to bounce back. Um, we want to, we want to get better. You know, the Toledo game probably got away from us, but you know, the other three, I mean, we're winning in the fourth quarter and didn't win a single one of them. Um, so we're, we got a lot of work to do, but at the same time we're capable. Um, and, and our guys know that, you know, um, and so, you know, we got to, got to flush it um, no matter what, you know, and, and go get it uh, this next week. I think another thing for me, and I've, I've shared this with the staff and with the team, but, you know, we have less than two weeks of the season, you know, and, and we're kind of just getting started uh-huh. and it's just been a weird year and all that. And, you know, I love every part of my job. I mean, I really do. But waiting half of December and January, February, March, April, May, June, July, and August to do it again is a long wait, <laughs> you know? And so um, everybody focuses on the results and the record and I understand that um, and not that I'm not aware of that uh, you know but uh, I, I really believe that we're building something um, that we're going to be super proud of and um, yeah, want to enjoy game planning you know and right. the chance to take our guys to Western and compete and get better and coach and play the game that we love and so um, you know there's just a the world and, and media or whatever you know just jumps on the winning and the losing right. but uh, we can't lose sight you know the fact that uh, you know, we love doing what we're doing and got another chance to go out there and compete. Well, and I, I know we've talked about it in, in your press conference a little bit. This is still the 18th youngest team in the FBS ranks. And if you think back to it, a lot of these guys, when they first came back in, in in 2016, have really never experienced true adversity. I mean, they've been through winning seasons, bowl games, beating Big Ten teams. So um, at some point, you, you kind of have to take some of those lumps again to learn, right? Don't have to. <laughs> That's what's happening. But yeah, our fifth year seniors, their freshman year, you know, went to the bombs, you know, so they've they've been to the three bowl games in four years and, you know, three and overs to the Big Ten and all of that. And, you know, I knew when last year's group graduated that those were sort of the last of the Mohicans in terms of having had experienced, you know, a really hard football season. Now we've had tons of close losses and all that, but I mean in terms of, you know, just having a really, really tough stretch. And um and so no, you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to do that, but that is, you know, what's uh what's happening right now. We're 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 young, but we're gonna get better. Appreciate your time as always. Best of luck this weekend in Kalamazoo. Let's hope that white stuff that's falling outside right now isn't appearing on Saturday. We're we're we're, we're good to go either way. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics.
Well, it's hard to believe we're saying it, but we're already into week two of the basketball season. Joined alongside head men's basketball coach, Rob Murphy. Coach, you're at the decade mark here at Eastern Michigan, and I know that blessed is the term you use a lot when you reflect on that. One game in, just give me kind of a feeling that you've got going into this week and just overall what it means to be back for your 10th season here. Yeah, well, I'm really fortunate uh, to be here for season number 10. I'm at home. Uh, I'm a Division One head coach, something I'd always dreamed about. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be in this position. Uh, we've had some success over the years. Uh, we've graduated our student-athletes uh, during my tenure here, so I'm extremely happy where the program sits. Um, going down to Michigan State, it was tough. Obviously, we only had seven players, um, and, and during that game, uh, it really cost us. Uh, to have two starters out, your entire front line made it tough, uh, but I was um, very happy with the way our guys competed on both ends of the floor. Uh, we didn't have our, our most experienced players, but we did have guys come in and, and show us what we can become here in the next few weeks. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the Michigan State game, obviously, but before that, uh, you and Coach Tom Izzo made a little bit of news this week when you guys played at Michigan State. You both draped that towel over the shoulder in remembrance of John Thompson Jr., the great legendary Georgetown Hoyas head basketball coach, and I want to ask you from a personal standpoint, because I know that John Thompson meant so much to so many, but especially as an African-American coach and as you were coming up getting to see what he was doing in college basketball, first African-American head coach to win a major college basketball championship John Thompson was so just reflect a little bit on his career and what it means to you to be able to honor him and uh, do that the way you guys did with Coach Izzo uh, just over the years just watching him especially as a, as a young kid and then you know you know obviously growing up and uh, watching his success um, we don't get and I'm speaking of African American uh, black head coaches we don't get uh, many opportunities but uh, to watch him uh, and see what he did uh, over the years uh, more importantly how he uh, took up for student athletes how they graduated uh, during his tenure and uh, not only just Coach Thompson but you talk about Nolan Richardson you talk about Tubby Smith uh, even uh, Leonard Hamilton uh, who's still doing it at a high level right now uh, those guys you know always gave me vision on the sideline uh, by them having success made me believe that if I got my opportunity I can follow in their their footsteps so they are pioneers and, and paved the way and uh, greatly appreciative of any time I had a chance to you know see Coach Thompson at a final four and say a few words especially after his retirement uh, he always gave words of encouragement along with the other guys I mentioned. So uh, very thankful, and uh, he did a great job, uh, you know, to lead the way. Is there anything specific advice-wise that sticks out in your conversations with him? Uh, you know, just him always saying there's non-negotiables, uh, you know, in your program. There's certain things that you have to stand on in order to be successful in all aspects of your program. And just, just the advice of, of making sure that you understand that the student-athlete uh, and graduating your student-athletes uh, is most important. Well, one non-negotiable in your program is the defensive effort that you expect out of your team and like you said shorthanded at Michigan State but overall a really impressive performance the final score doesn't give credit to how much you guys were able to do and I know there's still some improvements you're going to want to see heading into conference play this week but just give me your overall thoughts on the Michigan State game from a defensive perspective and then we'll get into a little bit of it on the offensive side of the ball too. Well I thought we were outmatched on the front line uh, but you know we were super competitive Uh, we made great effort on the defensive side of the ball Uh, so many times during the week we thought about canceling the game but we thought we can also learn from it um, and I wanted to see you know where we were because we may be underhanded at some point during the season later on as well uh, so to get Ty Gross five uh, minutes at the five spot which he played center uh, he did a really good job of anchoring the zone using his length and athleticism uh, he contested shots he blocked some shots uh, and then just to see Yatesen play the back line uh, see Chris James and Darion kind of play the back line is not ideal for us but it put us in a situation where they had to compete uh, we had to use our 
grit, and I thought we did a tremendous job in doing so. A uh, couple breakdowns uh, midway through the, the first half, and we gave up a couple threes. Uh, but outside of that, uh, about five or six minutes, uh, had we played a little better, the score could have been different. Uh, but really uh, pleased with the guys and the way they competed and the way they stuck together throughout the game. Well, and you just said it. In this year where we've seen everything kind of go all, all fly against the wall and it's going to be a different type of year, you really have to prepare your guys for the fact that they might be in a different position than they're used to being. They might not have the normal bench that you guys would, would have in a game. Has that been a message in preparation this year of, hey, we need to take adversity and run with it better than we ever have before? Yeah, well, for us, it's always about next man up. When you get your opportunity, you have to make best of it. And even uh, me as a coach, uh, you know, I had to do a few different things leading up to the game, putting in a 3-2 zone, uh, which we played very well uh, without a lot of practice. We pressed a little bit. So just making adjustments on the fly to continue to put yourself in position to be successful is extremely important. So we're all challenged by it. The players have to uh, be prepared for their opportunity and the coaches will keep making adjustments and showing different things and working on different things in practice uh, that you may have to go to depending on the situation uh, you're in. On offense, we saw two guys in Yakes and Montero and Ty Gross lead the way with points. That's not surprising. We've seen that before, but one thing I know that you've got to be excited about is the percentages. Both those guys, well over 50% from the floor, and I know that the shooting, getting those shots, better looks, and also finishing some looks uh, was something over the offseason that you wanted to see improvement on. Yeah, well, I think both those guys had a great offseason. I mean, obviously, we couldn't work with them during the summer, but they took time to get in the gym and continue to work on their games. Uh, so now uh, they're in position as seniors uh, to take over the program. We're looking for both of those guys to make a big jump. That was both uh, with Ty and Yates and a uh, a big, uh, well, a really good showing on their behalf. And uh, now the guys that are new to the program, Drew Lauder and, and Bryce McBride, are two guys that we feel that can score some points as well. It was tough on them, you know, obviously going into Michigan State uh, as their first game of, of any kind here at Eastern Michigan. Uh, but again, it'll help them and, and we'll continue to get better overall from it. Some of those newcomers you just mentioned, talk about their progression into the program, and especially this year with having to, again, deal with some things off the court that you wouldn't have to normally if you're coming into a program for the first time. Yeah, well, it hurts anybody that's new, obviously. You know, I was talking to Bryce today and, you know, just telling him to remain confident. He was a little down on himself, but I told him coming from junior college, this is a big jump. Not to have a summer, not to have any scrimmages, not to have any exhibitions, not to have any non-D1s to prepare yourself to play in a big venue like that uh, has all hurt, you know, your development. But you have to stay confident. We believe in his skill, his ability to shoot, along as uh, with Drew, Drew Lauder as well. I thought Darion and Chris James had a pretty good games as well, in particular Darion showed he can get to the basket. He was really good on defense. Uh, and because he was our starting point guard from a year ago, I think, um, you know, with his experience, he'll, uh, you know, play really well for us this year in either position. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. We're joined by Rob with 1B Murphy getting ready to take on Todd with 1D Kowalczyk and the Toledo Rockets on Friday night as they open up Mid-American Conference play coach. A little bit of a change to the original schedule, and that's going to be something you guys have to get used to this year. What's the preparation been like going into the game on Friday and are you almost excited to get to Mac play so early in the season and get to see where you're at? Uh, because uh, we had the, the cancellation of the MTE in, in Youngstown, I'm not too excited. We needed some game experience to get some games up under our belt, especially for our new guys. Um, but you got to play with the cards you're dealt. Uh, we're playing against a really good Toledo team. Uh, they had a really good showing over Thanksgiving break against Bradley, against Xavier. Uh, they have most of their scoring back from a year ago. Those guys are really good basketball players, decision makers, uh, and leaders. So anytime you have a Mac opponent coming in, uh, you know, we know what they'll do. They know what we're going to do. Uh, so we're looking forward to the challenge. Hopefully, well, it's good for us that we'll finally get our guys
guys back on Thursday, which would only give us one day of practice to prepare with our full team. Um, but we're not making any excuses. Uh, we're going to continue to prepare like we have with the seven guys that are here. And uh, hopefully with those guys returning, it'll give us an extra boost to play a little better here at home on Friday. Coach, usually the fans listening in get the perspective from the TV side of things. They hear the analysts talk and they understand a little bit about both teams. But from your perspective as a, a coach, take the players off both rosters when you think about the Toledo Rockets and a, a Todd Kowalczyk coach team. What are some of those points, those three or four intangibles that you know you're going to see and be challenged with um, no matter who's on the roster? They're going to shoot the ball exceptionally well from the outside. Uh, he always had three out of four, four out of five players on the floor that are capable three-point shooters. So those guys will really be able to shoot. Uh, they do a really good job of pushing the ball in transition and playing together. Uh, defensively, uh, they play man-to-man, uh, you know, for the most part. Uh, they're really aggressive in trying to play up the lanes to create steals to get out and score early in transition. But if nothing else, uh, his teams predominantly are always at the top of the conference in scoring. So uh, we have our work cut out for us on defense. Coach, we appreciate your time here on the podcast today. Look forward to seeing you guys in action on Friday. Remember at home, everybody, you can tune into the game on ESPN3. Ryan Woolley and Matt Derry will have the call over there. Or, of course, locally, listen listen live on WEMU 89.1, where Tom Helmer and Greg Steiner will be bringing you the action here from the Convocation Center. Coach, again, good luck, and let's down those rockets on Friday. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for having me, and we're looking forward to it. That's head coach Rob Murphy in his 10th season at the helm of Eastern Michigan basketball. We'll be right back on the Eastern Insider just after the break. Time to welcome in our halftime guest, Gretchen Buskirk, the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine here at Eastern Michigan. Did you take any classes when learning to be a a trainer or in this field to deal with pandemics? Yeah, you know what? Absolutely not. Uh, First and foremost, um, you know, I learned... Uh, to be an athletic trainer, we learned anatomy, physiology, evaluation classes, rehab classes. Definitely not any infectious disease classes for sure. The, the crazy thing about this, Gretchen, is, is it, it, it changes by the week, by the day, by the minute, the rules currently as we stand. And correct me if I'm wrong, the athletes at the university here in Michigan need to be tested six times a week, six days a week, uh, and, and able to be able to play, right? Correct. That's a, that's um, I think that's been the hardest part throughout this whole pandemic is just adapting to the constantly evolving protocols and policies and everybody's learning on, on the fly. So everyone's making adjustments as um, as we come up with new information or as we find out more information. And that's really been the hardest part. But um, yes, right now, due to the new executive order by the governor, um, anybody in the state of Michigan will have to um, test six days a week to practice or compete. And now that's just to get on the game field. Some of the stuff that the fans don't even see is how to travel a team during COVID. (laughs) You know, before it was, all right, bus leaves at this time, get on the bus or get on the plane. It's no problem. Now there's, there's systems to everything. (laughs) There's seating assignments. There's um, a protocol for everything. Um, As uh, you know, we've, we've preached from the very beginning. um, It's really important to have pods pods of athletes so you're spending time with the same people and that is just to prevent the contact tracing um, which has been the hardest part or is the tricky part that can easily shut down a team 
um, after a confirmed positive case. So we've preached traveling in pods, practicing in pods, um, and that's basically your roommates, um, your lifting partners, keeping those people the same. So we're not, if somebody in that pod tests positive, we don't have to take out the whole team. We just have to maybe take out that pod. How um, many, how many people in a pod? So it depends on the sport. Let's um, talk football. How many people football? are in a pod? So at, at early on, we started, um, with uh, pods of like two or three very small pods when they first got back. So you and your lifting partner um, spaced out six feet apart. We were out, able to go outside. Um, our strength coaches, um, Brian Fink and, and Fred Hale, did a tremendous job of putting together a, a protocol to enforce social distancing um, and keeping um, cross-contamination from happening, so cleaning down the equipment every time between uses. So um, we started with small pods of two or three, and then we would add on, we would add to groups and little by little. Um, and then we were able at some point, at some point though, they got to go out and play football, right? They got to go out and hit right. each other on their field. So um, it, we get to that point of, you just have to, um, after the acclimatization period, if you're kind of back in that two week window is kind of what we went by early on, um, is you, you kind of had that infectious period or that, that period of, of two weeks is kind of what we went by. The funny thing, too, is and it blew me away at the start of the season. Eastern Michigan goes to play on the road. They don't even take the whole team day one. They, they traveled over two different days. So you took one group and put them in a hotel. Then you took the rest of them and said, all right, you're, you're coming game day, which is crazy. Yeah, and we you it almost you had to think through uh, all the different factors of um, who you're going to sit next to on the bus, and so that if somebody turns pos test positive after a bus trip, um, who did you sit around? So making sure we had um, a seating chart or record of who's. Um, sitting by who uh, also separating the coaches separating the athletic trainers and the support staff so that uh, again it's limiting that contact tracing so if somebody tests positive the person next to you isn't in that same role so you're both not out so we're both not we're losing right not the in the entire um, athletic training staff isn't lost if one of them tests positive same thing for a coach um, and so that's been that was hard um, we also looked at um, separating the travel party, like you said, in different days. Um, but uh, a lot of times our team physicians don't travel with the team. They'll drive separate. Um, sometimes sports information will do the same thing. Um, and so it's just limiting the people. Um, it's bare minimum on the bus uh, traveling with the team as much as possible, just, again, to, com to limit that contact tracing. We're talking to Gretchen Buskirk, Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine here at Eastern Michigan. And the rules for Michigan are different than the rules of Ohio or Indiana. It's if a team wants to come here and play Eastern Michigan, they've got to abide by Michigan rules, right? So they got to test six times in a week before the game. Correct. And so, that, again, that goes back to the executive order um, from the governor that we're in, in effect right now. So uh, we're closely watching that one. It's, it's scheduled to go through um, December 8th as of now. But, you know, who knows if that's going to get extended. Um, but, yes, as of right now, anybody that's coming to Michigan, um, any home event, uh, those players are tested six days a week prior. So it does take a lot of scheduling with non-conference opponents, um, with other MAC institutions that are out of state. Um, it definitely takes a lot of coordination. And, and planning ahead of time how many hours a day right now are you <laughs> on handling COVID I mean how much of this day how much of the day <laughs> does this take up for you um pretty close to all of it um just the tracking down test results uh we last week we we ran about 750 tests just within the athletic department 
Um, and how quick do you get those back? <laughs> so typically we get them back within 24 hours, 48 at the most. Um, right now with with the surge um, that's happening within the community of, of and, and Thanksgiving travel, um, our test results are, are a little bit behind. So it's they're more at like 48 hours-ish, um, which is a little bit slow for us. Um, but typically 24, 36 hours, we're flipping those PCR tests. And the crazy part about the test is it's a snapshot. You're, you're finding out if I have COVID at that test. But the second I walk out the door... We're back to square one. And that's a great point. I think that's one of the big um, misconceptions of testing. And everyone thinks that, oh, I have a negative COVID test. I'm, I'm bulletproof. And that is far from the case. It is very much a snapshot. Um, that is what we know about the, the just the, the sensitivity of the testing. Um, and so we really, um, it clears you for that day, essentially, which is why the, the high frequency testing is, is important and, and mandated right now. Um, and so it's really just... Um, it's, it's a snapshot for that day. And by the way, they're teenagers and young, and they want to go socialize, kind of like herding yeah. cats? Um, very much so. <laughs> I have used that meme many times since March. <laughs> well, you guys have done a, a phenomenal job, and, and the fact that I, I said it's, you know, with the Thanksgiving weekend, I feel thankful that we're playing anything at all because yeah. the alternative is – Everybody's sitting home and there's no sports at all. So, and that's a that's a credit to you as well, Gretchen. Well, it's it's a credit. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's it's not my it's not just me. I have a, I'm incredibly grateful and appreciative of of all the hard work that our my staff has has done. Uh, we have a staff of 12 certified athletic trainers, and they have worked um, countless hours in in. Uh, checking daily symptom checks, um, tracking down contact tracing, tracking down testing, coordinating testing, and, and working with our team physicians as well, who have also been uh, a huge asset to us. So it's it's definitely a team effort um, in this, and I'm extremely thankful uh, for the team that I have here. We look forward to the day you can just tape an ankle and send them <laughs> on their way, right? I don't know if I remember how to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it'll come back to you. Gretchen Buskirk, thank you very much. Thank we you appreciate for having it. me. She is the Associate Athletic director for sports medicine that's it for this edition of the eastern insider podcast thanks for listening for greg steiner i'm alex jewell reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to soundcloud itunes or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every monday as always follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on emu athletics